When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. From Variety, celebrating more than 115 years covering the business of entertainment, this is the Award Circuit Podcast. Honestly, right now it's okay because I genuinely have nothing to spoil. So I'm like, no, I can't tell you anything. But I am very excited. I don't know what exactly they plan to do with my character considering where we left off in season four, but I'm anxiously awaiting answers to that. Go ahead and ask Sadie Sink for spoilers about what's happening next on Stranger Things. But be warned, she knows nothing yet, or at least she's very good at convincing you she knows nothing. I'm Clayton Davis. On this episode of the Variety Award Circuit Podcast, we talk to Sadie Sink about her tremendous year as the center of this season's exciting Stranger Things story. And also, it includes her role opposite Brendan Fraser in A24's The Whale, directed by Darren Aronofsky. It's an all-whale edition of the podcast, as later, we also chat with actor Hong Chow about the film. But first, the roundtable dissects the Golden Globe nominations and also the premiere of Avatar The Way of Water, including that whale-like creature in the film that everyone will be talking about. It's all next on this edition of the Variety of Word Circuit Podcast. Stay close. Hey everyone, it is Variety TV editor Michael Schneider, along with Janelle Riley. Michael's favorite. Yes, indeed. Um, and the Jazz Tanke. The Bad Child. <laughs> Who I now can hear in my 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 cans, as they say. So my ears, everyone, ears. Yeah. <laughs> I hear in my head all the time, yeah. and she's not there. And then Clayton Davis. What are we even doing here? I was a promising child that didn't live up to his potential. Look at you two bad kids on your phones. I'm, Michael and I'm, I sit I'm here. Up, I'm pulling up but, all the things that we're going to talk about today, because yeah. so mm-hmm. many things happen. There's so many things happening, um, including the Golden Globe nominations. Oh, Who was up at 3.30 on Monday that's me. Ew. My hand is raised. Wow. I was there. Did you go the there Beverly in Hilton. person? Oh, they're no. in person. I didn't know the in-person things were still happening. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. since yeah, that's rough. I did that one year, and I remember driving there and thinking someone's going to die one of these days because you should not be on the road at three thirty in the morning. Yeah, no. and that's the irony. The reason why we have someone there is to make sure that no one dies. Mm. <laughs> 
Because if, if something were to happen, then you want to have a reporter there just to, oh, yeah. okay. just yeah. to see. Is that a catch-22? I or, guess the closest yeah. was George Lopez caught the COVID, the COVID <gasps> yeah. which oh, is no. still a thing. The vid. Yeah. And so he was not there, uh, but his daughter still was Okay, to help uh, announce the nominations. I was up 30 minutes after you, if that made you feel any better. Yep. Uh, Clayton and I were both here it, in the <laughs> office at... <laughs> The, the office is dark at that time. Yeah, oh being at the variety office yeah. at six a.m. is is quite a it's 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 creepy. Yeah, the parking gates aren't open, so you have to no. like use your card to open it, and then no one is there, no parking attendant. So. Well, if you just sleep here, like I do, um, you'll mm-hmm. find that it's actually quite relaxing. Yeah, yeah. you moved in. Yeah. To, to the... <laughs> Look, I am between homes right yeah, now. It's so. a bit of a sore subject. So, so your home is variety. <laughs> the, the irony being, I have two homes, and I can't be in either. <laughs> <laughs> There's actually a couch behind us that Janelle sleeps on. Yeah. That's it. We you mean my bed? Yeah. 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 Looks looks very lived in right now. Well, speaking of the Golden Globes, the nominations are out. And uh, Clayton, I guess we turn all eyes. America's eyes turn to you. Uh, well, let's, you know what? Let's start with TV because that's where it, I think it got uh, the most. Yes. I, I want to well, give you the, the floor here, Mike, <laughs> and, and just say that their TV stuff wasn't as head scratching as some of their film stuff because uh, Abbott Elementary led the the charge. Yeah, which there, makes sense. Which um, makes sense. Very broadcast, ABC, still still kicking. Going for it. Their, their comedy noms, uh, especially with The Bear, which uh, I didn't realize that so many people were going to get so mad and up in arms about that it's a comedy. It is strange to me, but I also... Yeah, I but we see that, Barry right? is barely a comedy. Yeah, now. it's I mean, one of the true. most tragic yeah. shows on TV. It's not a new debate. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's and, not and, as bad as Barry. Barry is straight up drama now. Like this is like I haven't finished it yet, but it's like there. I chuckled. Yeah, I mean, we're we're living in an age of dark comedies. Yeah, and you look at uh, you know the majority of of the nominees. You know, only murders in the building. Yeah, it is funny, but it is also about murder. <laughs> Those <laughs> is, deaths yep. are hilarious. It is a murder mystery. Uh, so so you know, but but it is led by two comedy icons, uh, Selena Gomez. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Selena Gomez, which is that other one, Mike? comedy icon. Which, uh, by the way, Ethan Lane. Fantastic to see her nominated, something yes. that the Emmys failed to do, but uh, nice to see the Globes recognize the trio, all three of them. Uh, but yeah, it, it, you can't you can't be mad at this grouping. Uh, you know, Abbott Elementary, The Bear, which you know was the the real sort of sleeper hit, one of the sleeper hits of 2022, a show that even FX folks I don't think were thinking were was going to be that big a deal, and yeah. then it came on strong. So Hacks, of course, uh, you know that's always with Hacks, yeah. always with the Hacks. Uh, only murders can't be uh, mad at that. And then the one sort of like show that people right now are talking about is Wednesday on Netflix, mm. another show that is very dark. Very a dark comedy. So again, the theme of this year. Um, we so, are living in the Jenna Ortega universe, though, and this is yeah. a good universe to live in. Right it now. really is. I mean, talk I, about. I'm so happy for her. Yeah, t- talk about just a, a revelation this year. A conversation I had yesterday uh, with our CEO Michelle Sabrino about our kids, because uh, you know Sophia's 11, and she loves Jenna Ortega, and yeah. and Michelle Sabrino's yeah. kids are young, and she said they like that generation has grabbed her and i couldn't figure out like what it what like, i don't know if it is wednesday that made them grab because it. they what? were big jane the virgin fans <laughs> well, also, did, did she start off in any kind of disney or nick things i yeah. feel like there was yeah. one yeah yeah she? she she was in a uh disney show which was on all that 
<laughs> that's that, that's our go-to childhood thing. Like, were they on all that? Or you gotta get them, that's, that's that's for your generation. <laughs> yeah. You got to get them young, and then those kids will be loyal forever. Oh, yes. Speaking of, this is a tangent, but Brendan Fraser did some Q&As with him over the weekend. I have never seen a response to someone like, like – I've seen giant stars, you know, that people are, like, worshipful of or excited. There's something about Brendan Fraser, where, and I wonder if it's, like, a childhood thing. People – Love that man. Like yeah. mm-hmm. I had people like shaking getting up to talk yeah. to him. At one point we were going through the back of a theater um, and this was like the AMC Century City 15. So they weren't even at his screening. They didn't even know like he was supposed to be there, but they saw him and people just start cheering. Wow. It's like, Sweet. it's ridiculous. Well, well, and also best. you can tell how much they respect him because when you say, hey, can everyone stay seated so we can get out of here? Because they ha- they were bouncing back and forth to a lot of things. Everyone stayed Seated. That's amazing. Yes. And the public audience questions were smart. Mm. Ooh, oh, yeah. take note. That's, that's never uh, Take yep, note. <laughs> uh, no, we do love the Brendan Fraser. But yeah, so Jenna Ortega was on uh, Stuck in the Middle. That's what it was. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Which, okay. now that my kids are older, we, we miss that one. You know, they, they were definitely like right in the sweet spot of Zendaya and Shake It Off and, and those shows. But I think Stuck in the Middle was a little too newer for, for me to have watched that. But I do remember her playing uh, uh, the young character uh, on Jane the Virgin, like I mentioned. And uh, also, the daughter on uh, yesterday remember yesterday yes. oh, oh my gosh. god that's her no her was her her played her <laughs> on yesterday but then also jenna ortega was the daughter oh i don't know if i remember that <laughs> okay. jazz is yeah. giving me the stink eye right now yeah. <laughs> um yeah i mean my my daughter discovered her in scream five scream yeah. i mean scream 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 is that, yeah. is that, yeah, how do I you like know. scream that was kind of my well actually i discovered her in the fallout Fall- first oh, which yeah. she is Freaking fantastic that and movie really underrated so good, movie. She's great I think it's it. now available on HBO Max unless they pulled it in the last it five minutes. Pulled. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, that was coming, bringing back to the Globes. I really was hoping Minx would show up here. And then not only did it not, but they canceled it after renewing it. Yeah, it got zazzed. It got zazzed as, as a lot of shows have uh, over at HBO Max. Can you Max recall right now. recent shows that got like the go ahead for a next season and then got pulled? Like after is it is that that's not you know, too often. it's ha- it's not too often, but it's happening more often these days just because all of these companies are in turmoil and they're all looking at the bottom line and they're all making these uh, dr- rash decisions uh, just to save a few bucks. So so you're ha- seeing it more, and it's going to yeah. happen even more in in the coming year. I yeah, think Zazzy uh, TV drama though, Better Call Saul. Yes. Here yeah. it is, our final hurrah at the Globes. With the yeah, Saul. although no Ray Seahorn. But, you know, Odenkirk did get an arm, but no Ray Seahorn. And I saw she was briefly trending on Twitter because people were angry Pete, about yeah. that. I mean, listen, I, I think she's going to get that final Emmy. I, um, I hope year. so. I, well, at I least the nom. so long away. But, you know. I mean, look, look at the bear, though. The bear is going to have to go through a really long trek to get to Emmys. Because when was that, June? Well, Ted Lasso did it. This last year, I guess, because this season that it won for season two was like a year before. Well, so we got Better Call Saul. We got The Crown. um, We got House of the Dragon, which uh, is Mm. repping the the, the fantasy shows uh, uh, because uh, The Rings of Power did not make the list. Uh, Ozark and Severance. Yay, Severance. When's Severance back? Have they said that yet? They, they just started shooting season yeah, two. I know. Okay. They, they give a date, though? No. A date yet? No. So. And Adam it'll, it'll Scott be t- nominated. It'll, it'll be at the buzzer. Yes, Adam Scott. Good Good for him. And uh, final hurrah with Ozark. 
The Rings of Power, man. That, wow. That's uh, that was disappointing. Um, I guess there could only be one. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you, you, you think they nominated Highlander? <laughs> Ooh, uh, have you ever seen Highlander, the TV series? Yeah, it's I actually. That was. Good. I never that saw guy's the movie. Tangent, tangent. Oh my! It was the, one of the best shows. <laughs> we don't ever. have three hours. But we're talking TV. My, yeah, that was TV. Good. Yeah, this is where, you're, this where you come alive. All right, let's get to limited series okay. real quick because uh, we got uh, Blackbird from Apple TV yes. Plus, and Apple, both actors yeah. nominated, which was yeah. great. Uh, Dahmer Monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer story. Monster about Dahmer. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna call it everything but what it's called. Yeah, it's fine. All Dahmer, Dahmer, is... monster, the Dahmer, Jeffrey Dahmer, story, yeah. Dahmer. Yeah, All I know incredible. is that's the Richard Jenkins show to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Dropout, Yay. Pam and Tommy, Yay. Love Pam and Tommy. Yes, and the White Lotus, Sicily. Yes. No, they don't put Sicily there. Hmm, interesting. It's like a glass onion and I've out experience. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, White Lotus, gang, tangent. That finale. Wait, Clayton what? hasn't seen it. So Clayton is spoil constantly it. spoiling things for everyone else. That I think is we can never, talk that has about. never happened. Clayton, it's been a couple days now. I, yeah. Variety's I, been running. I am watching movies or... right now. I I've... would not even get on, because I had to work Sunday night, and I, I yeah. stayed off of all social media until I could get home and watch it. Yeah. That's exactly what yeah. I did. I was out, and I was like, I'm not going anywhere near Instagram. I'm not going anywhere near Twitter, because I do not want to know. We have We had our theories. But it was like, no. My friend, I think I may have said my friend had a theory that was so crazy. She called it in like episode four and it turned out to be completely accurate. And I was like, everybody was like, you knew it. Because, yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people shared my feeling of like the first couple episodes, it felt like it was slow and you were Mm. starting to wonder, oh, did it lose its mojo in season two? I'm not feeling it's, it doesn't feel as special. But then, then it kind of started to get you. And then by that, by that ending, yeah. I was like, I'm sorry I ever doubted you, Mike White. I'm sorry I ever <laughs> doubted you, White Lotus. This was an amazing season and an amazing finale. And uh, just, just the, the, some of those final scenes. Brilliant. Man, ah. I'm having to bite my tongue now <laughs> because Clayton hasn't seen it. We'll see uh, what category it competes in next year. <laughs> did, they, did, they, uh, did you hear anything from the Emmys meeting? Uh, board meeting? Do we have anything to report? That's happening on what? Thursday. That was Thursday. Oh, so, so last week. Oh, um, I'm yeah, bad, I'm so bad with time. I don't know. Actually, by the time people are listening to this, maybe it will have happened. Uh, but yeah, but Do we record a couple days before. We are the Emmy hosts. We're going to break the story now. I'm I'm guessing the Golden Globe voting committee didn't see um, the final episode since the nominations came out the following day. But I think things might have shifted a little if they had. Mm. Like not just Jennifer Coolidge. Yeah, well, uh, in Aubrey Plaza, yeah. I think there's a third person who yes. would have been included. Yeah, yes. I, I, yes. I've seen the <laughs> yeah. clip of that. I caught that clip by accident on Twitter of that. You don't by accident stop it, and watch. I didn't an know what I was. I did, I well, didn't, I'm, know I'm still interested in who you're saying because I think all of these folks were great, but Megan Fahey. That's, was, yeah, that's, that's it. That's it. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. it. Okay. Her whole arc and the way, like her, just in in the space of 20 seconds, her face. Changes from stormy to accepting to, yeah. They're yeah. going to use that clip in acting classes, yeah. right? Because that is a master class in watching her face yeah, as she's completely. processing how she's going to react to this and what's going through her head at the moment you see in that face. Yeah. Yeah. Just amazing. Amazing. I am hoping that there is a return character for season three, and I'm hoping that it's Greg because he, we, we have some questions for yeah. him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So on that note, why don't we uh, flip over to the film side? Oh, oh boy. Good old film. Good old film. So uh, let's start with the 
women not in the room. Uh, that is no directors. Uh, you know, female directors were nominated uh, for best director, uh, which which is you know happened before. But we are. But I mean, ex- I mean, I mean Sarah you had Sarah Polly right there. You had yeah. Prince Bythewood right there. Shinoya Chuku right there. Maria Schrader right there. And then they just said, nah, we're good. They did not seem to respond to Women Talking. It got the screenplay nomination. That got shut out. Actors, right? Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Right. Women Talking is, I don't want to say it's on life support because that's still, but, no, it, it, but, but it is, it, it's been struggling a little bit on the circuit and, and to no fault of his own because they, they, it's not like they're not out there. They're out there. It's just when when a film feels like homework to voters, then it gets treated like homework. So I think people will get to it. They are just kicking it down the line. So I think in the end it will be fine, but it's going to feel so like, guys, what are we doing? Like, just watch the damn movie. It's 90 minutes long. And it's so good and funny and gripping. And yeah, it's frustrating. Yeah. Recency bias uh, definitely came into play for Avatar The Way of Water, uh, which Mike can contribute to this conversation. Mm-hmm. Look at that. I'm so Guess proud. what movie Mike watched this week? Wait, is that the theme? Movie Mike? Yeah. What movie was the theme? Movie Mike. <laughs> Mike, what did Mike watches watch the movies. Mike goes, Mike goes to the movies. <laughs> he does go to movies. One a week. <laughs> uh, on a premiere during a day he got up at 3 a.m. I am shocked by oh you went to the premiere well i didn't go to the premiere premiere because i'm not that fancy (laughs) and i don't get invites to premieres i I went to a screening at the burbank uh, amc 16 shout (laughs) out to burbank 16 um do you see it with 3d glasses and high frame rate yeah and well, uh, I don't know about high frame rate. I, I'm not that fancy. Did, did everything look like it was coming very fast? And that's like an high hour frame was rate. It, it definitely was you, high like, frame yeah. rate. It looked pretty. Well, I, I will say this: uh, I because I had been up since three thirty that morning. My big concern was I was going to fall asleep during the eighteen hours. <laughs> three hours and eleven minutes. And I got to say, I did not. Yeah. So that is a testament to the just the, the the power of that film, the excitement level, the fact that you are constantly just watching in awe of how it looks and how it feels. Does it need to be three hours? It does not. No. Um, you know, that's, uh, that being said, you know, you can cut down a little bit on the water, <laughs> <laughs> but it's the way of water. It is the way of water. It is the way of water. But there are, there are plenty of ways to cut Talk that movie water. down to a more manageable. There, there were things that, that didn't need to be there. I feel like I said it best. I said, even though it looks cool, doesn't mean you should do that scene because there were a lot of things that were done like, Oh, it looks really great. It looks cool. But Save it for the three but, sequels. But it, yeah, but it doesn't, yeah. But, yeah. But it or, doesn't or, offer anything to the story being told. Save it yeah. for the director's cut for the people who want to see all of that. Yeah. But you don't need to do that for everyone. Um, and, and you know, I, I know everyone's saying the same thing, which is the story's the story. It's meh. But, you know, it is. you don't necessarily go to Avatar for, uh, you know, groundbreaking storytelling. I think it, it's, a, it's popcorn and it's for the whole family and it's something that the kids can uh, get and understand as well. And so that's fine to me. Yeah. You know, I watched yeah. it with my family. My kids enjoyed it. Uh, and, and so that was important to me that they weren't bogged down in, in too much you know, complexities that it just was a fun popcorn movie. And we ate a lot of popcorn yeah. oh because it was three hours yeah. and there was yeah. a lot of popcorn. And it's there. And, yeah. it's, there. and, it's, there. and, it's, there. and we yeah. ate a lot of popcorn. And was it free? Because so. that's the, the triumvirate. If you get free popcorn for a long movie and it's there, you must eat. Yeah, you yeah. must. You must. And the extra large soda. But wait, I have a question. The whale sequence. Yeah. Oh, I think uh, you're talking uh, about the, uh, yeah. the whale. 
I, I also love how you called it a whale because it's there's, it's, it's kind of a like, name for it. It's, okay, it's a hybrid. What's it whatever called? it is? Whatever yeah. it's called. Yeah. Did you get waterworks? Like, did you cry? No, I had a very different reaction. I, I didn't cry, you know, and and you know me, I, I ball pretty easily, and I ball a lot of things. And you're I tired, I, so I, I didn't quite get there. Um, I will. Okay, my one thing, my one continuity thing. So, uh, and spoiler alert, I guess for people who haven't seen it, but this isn't really a spoiler. Um, so, what year does do these movies take place? What what century oh, is it? Three thousand. I, I don't know. Oh yeah, well yes, Clayton, it is the uh, future. I mean, I don't know if it's like in a galaxy <laughs> far, far away. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's got what like uh, the twenty fifth century, twenty sixth century. So, you would think inflation would mean things were a little more expensive in, okay. in you know in, like five hundred yeah. years from now. So the fact that you know one of the one of the big points is that they're they're killing these animals for this this fluid that will fetch eighty million dollars. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> it didn't sound like a lot yeah. when they said yes. So. I- in the 25th century, I'm imagining 80 million dollars is about like 80 bucks today. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, really, you're going through the trouble of massacring these animals for fluid, and you're fetching 80 bucks. Like what? <laughs> I think it costs 80 million dollars to like get the boats and people like on board to, to just do that to do works. that whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, my big thing was, and not spoiler, I. I've never laughed as much as I have laughed in the scene in which there is sign language between the whale and a person. I cackled so loudly. The the, the whale and the people and the not Navi. uh, The the line of it's too painful will live in infamy for me. It was marvelous. And I don't, it wasn't intended to be funny, but I thought it was funny. It doesn't mean the movie's bad. I just thought that piece of dialogue was incredible. That's going to become a meme. I can't believe like <laughs> I just can't believe it was done. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen, Avatar made Best Picture. James Cameron's there, also Best Director. I think Avatar's going to make the Best Picture lineup. Cameron, maybe. Maybe? I agree. Hard to, hard to deny the achievement. Uh, then we have Elvis, which did very well. Yes, yeah. and I'm, I am more and more feeling confident about that Baz Luhrmann director yeah, nomination. Same. I knew he was going to get a Globe nod. I, I felt like that was coming. He could get an Oscar nod, again, because I think people then don't realize we've never done this for Baz, so let's do it. Uh, but then he was joined by Fablemans, Tar, and Top Gun Maverick. Top Gun Maverick only got picture and song, but we didn't expect it to really get anything outside of that. Some people were predicting Tom Cruise, but we got Jeremy Pope and said, which yes, was that very, was very good, happy yeah. choice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then comedy musical, The Hilarious Babylon, The Hilarious Banshees. Uh, it is funny. Uh, Everything banshees, everywhere yeah, all at once. Yeah. <laughs> Everything everywhere all at once. Glass Onion and Triangle of Sadness. Very happy for Triangle very of Sadness. Happy for tri- triangle very happy for Dolly, Triangle Dolly de Leon. Dolly de Leon making his Dolly is the happiest thing that made me yesterday because yeah. they don't do that for like an unknown actress and she's been out there and she's fantastic in it and i feel like this started at can and i felt like i was leading the charge and i was expecting the worst and she made it so good for her babylon did really well and i don't know if this is just like globey globe globe globes or this is like we need to prep ourselves i mean that- it's a fun movie yeah and again like the, the yeah. crafts 
across the board are fantastic. I would I would not be surprised. Yeah, we, but, ha- we have ten spots. Like it's just like okay. But did they not see till? Because I'm really the Danielle Deadweiler of it all. The worst thing that happened yesterday is the worst thing that happened. Her miss, like it's just that's on par with every with all the women directors yeah. missing too. Like, I don't, I don't think she's going to miss Oscar. I think she's going to get SAG. I think if anything, this acts as kind of what happened with Kristen Stewart last year when she missed SAG mm-hmm. and it kind of rallied the troops. And I think there was just a lot of chatter about like, guys, what are we doing? We cannot let Daniel Deadweiler sit this one out. So I think that's going to come into play. I think it's about who is also there because Viola Davis is on the table, as is Margot Robbie, as is Emma Thompson. I, that's yes, been, that's, yeah, that's been yeah. like picking up a lot yes. of steam and she got a mention yesterday. So there's a finite number of spots and Olivia Coleman's Olivia Coleman. So yeah. doubt, you know, doubt her at your own peril. I was pretty happy with the strong showing for the menu too. Uh, I, I find it so weird. You go Ray Fiennes, you go Anya Taylor-Joy, and you don't go Best Picture. Like, yeah, that, that was... Like, oh, just, like, just and especially go. the screenplay. The screenplay is so good. But like, Cole Spade Speeds, Ray Fiennes should have gone lead for that movie. You could have called that an ensemble, I think, and got away with it. I, I actually think, like, you know, I'm I'm pretty testy about character, uh, character about um category fraud, and I do think it is Anya Taylor-Joy's movie. And I yeah. think that, like, Ray Fiennes, yes, yes, you could say he's a lead, but there's, there's enough that he could go supporting. I think if he had gone supporting, would add chance at winning. Yeah, I just want to get nominated. He's so good. It's been twenty five years. Uh, and then lead actor, we got uh, Austin Butler, Brendan Fraser, Hugh Jackman, Bill Nye, and the aforementioned Jeremy Pope. I think four of those five are in. Yeah. Are you Are you edging out uh, Mr. Jackman? No, I'm edging out Mr. Pope. I don't. Yeah. I, I like. Listen, I love Jeremy Pope, and I really, I, I would, I would hope that he was really in the hunt. But it really seems like Jackman, Frazier, Butler, Nye, and then Colin Farrell is going to come over from the yeah. comedy yeah. side. Yeah, I think that's the five. Like, I, I I, it so. just feels like one of those years. I mean, Jackman's Jack. I know the movie got beat up. A lot of movies got beat up, but I just feel like more people are going to make time to watch The Sun uh, before they watch Inspection. Not saying that's warranted. I'm just saying that's what I think is happening. It's interesting. Both Hugh Jackman and Jeremy Pope are on Broadway right now, and that's really limiting their ability to campaign. Yeah. What's funny is that Jackman's finishing his run on Broadway right now, and Pope is just getting hardcore into his Broadway campaign. I think that's going to be the kicker. But I think Bill Nighy, I I loved seeing his showing yesterday because every bit... uh, What, Lafka? Or Golden Globe. Oh, sorry. Both. Glo- yeah. Both, right? Yeah. Because I think people really, and I think we've been saying this for a few weeks, but people really love living. When they, they discover love his it. performance in that. Yeah, when they discover it's, it's, it. It's, it's a little engine that couldn't been around since this is, I'm saying this is father part two. It's going to, yeah. I, I do think it's going to sneak into best picture. Yeah, I think so too. When they discover it, when they're not watching Elvis or Top Gun for the 20th time. Um, and then just rounding out actress, uh, we got Blanchett, Coleman, as I said before, Viola Davis, Anna Darmus, and Michelle Williams, no Danielle Deadweiler. Darmus is a, it, that's what Globes do. I mean, she's very good. She, she, yeah. She's, yeah. she's the best part of the movie. And sure, but Danielle Deadweiler, for me, is just the best of better than all those five. But, but I think, you know, I, th- I think those five are also all in the discussion. Anna was out there, though, right? In the last couple of weeks, she was. She, uh, she was filming, though, during a lot of a chunk of it. So, yeah. she, I mean, she was. I mean, she is the face of the movie. I think people watched it, especially even when, when a movie is either beloved or gets critically panned. Yeah. It it gets people interested. I think people saw it. So what is your probably your biggest surprise nomination? 
Uh, entry, I mean, probably Adam Driver. Uh, well, I yes. was just going to say Driver or Pope. Adam- and I was very, because I, I am a white noise fan. And I didn't know if it was going in comedy or drama. And it actually, he's very, very good in the movie. And it's a very weird, surreal tone. So I was happy to see it recognized. Yeah. And then let's talk about it. R, R, R. Er? Song and non-English language. And uh, anyone caught my exclusive this week? Because the Academy no longer releases the 20 films that are in the running for visual effects during shortlist voting. Um, I found the 20 and RRR is one of the 20. And I mean, I, th- and I really think it's going to, I think it's going to make the shortlist. We'll see I if agree. it gets in. I mean, come on, like the tiger throwing that alone just yeah. deserves I want, it. I need a reenactment on the Oscar stage. A uh, little disappointed spirited didn't show up anywhere because it's actually a musical and a comedy and very good and has amazing songs by Pasek and Paul mm-hmm. and great performances and just just that bums me out because yeah. I love that movie. Let's ra- I actually just rounded out with song because like all the famous musicians are here. We have Taylor Swift. We are for directors on directors. If anyone saw or sit down with uh, Martin McDonough. We have Lady Gaga. With the hold my hand, we have Rihanna. Rihanna. Someone, <laughs> someone said Rihanna yesterday, and I was like, "It's not Rihanna." And then now, it's no, it's been even I say way. Rihanna. Rihanna. It's Rihanna. Rihanna. Uh, lift me up. We have the RRR guys oh with Not Do Not Do, and then Guillermo del Toro with Chow Papa and Alexandre Desplat and Robin Katz. Um, and a lot of those could cross over. I think the two front runners are there, and I think that's uh, Black Panther and RRR. All right. Well, we lived another, live to see another day. <laughs> and then uh, Critics' Choice Award tomorrow. nominations for film are out tomorrow, um, so Wednesday, which I guess is before the yes. yeah. So yeah. maybe we should just not say anything about that. <laughs> just, just say we knew it. Yeah. All right. Um, well, I think that does it for this week. Oh, who are guests this week? So, oh, guests this week. Uh, Sadie Sink and Aww. Hong Chow, both of the <gasps> whale. Oh, also with a video of Sadie Sink, yes. you'll get some video podcast. Oh, wow. Hong Chow, awesome. also very good in the menu. Bonus, bonus. That's bonus. one name I would have loved to have seen. Hong Chow is busy. She's working, she's working right now, and she won a Critics Award this week. Her first one for the whale. Which is funny. She's won a Critics Award and Brendan Fraser has not yet. You would not have convinced me that that would happen. I hesitate to say this because obviously Brendan Fraser is astounding and amazing. But I do think her performance in that movie is, is for me, the one that just undid me. Yeah. And on that note, bye-bye. To Avatar, to Water. After the break. The Whale star, Sadie Sink. From Los Angeles, this is the Variety Award Circuit Podcast. And we're back. It's the Variety Award Circuit Podcast, and I'm Clayton Davis. Based on the play written by Samuel D. Hunter, who adapts it for the screen, The Whale tells the story of Charlie, an obese gay man who reconnects with his estranged 17-year-old daughter, Ellie, played by actress Sadie Sink, after leaving her and her mother, played by Samantha Morton, for his younger male lover. Through his various relationships, including his best friend and caretaker Liz, played by Hong Chow, Charlie comes to grips with his mistakes and the painful realization of his grim future. You're an amazing person, Ellie. I couldn't ask for a more incredible daughter. Are you actually trying to parent me right now? 
who would want me to be a part of their life? You don't stay in touch with mom? She really only tells me things about you. Why? Because that's all I want to know about. Why'd you gain all that weight? Someone close to me passed away, and it had an effect on me. You haven't seen her since she was eight years old, and you're going to reconnect with her? Sorry. I don't like this. This isn't a good idea. I'm sorry. You say you're sorry one more time. I will shove a knife right into you. I swear to God. Go ahead. What's it going to do? My internal organs are two feet in at least. I recently spoke with actor Sadie Sink about her role in the A24 drama, working with Best Actor contender Brendan Fraser, and the latest news and theories on her hit Netflix series, Stranger Things, and whether or not she thinks Max and Lucas, played by Caleb McLaughlin, should end up together at the end of the series. Sink has had an extraordinary year, in addition to Stranger Things and The Whale. She was also featured in Taylor Swift's directorial debut of her music video short film, All Too Well, which is in the Oscar conversation for Best Live Action Short. Sink talks about getting the call and being quote-unquote pitched by Taylor Swift, along with the fear of singing in front of the superstar. I began our conversation by asking what this year has been like for her. It's kind of been a whirlwind of a year, um, and I think I just reached a lot of cool milestones. Um, but it's been really fun. It's a little chaotic, but um, with a show like Stranger Things and then with The Whale, I just I really enjoyed my time on both of them. So, you know, traveling around and talking about it makes me very happy. So, yeah. Who has been, well, I guess describe these three directors. You have, you know, the Duffer Brothers, then you have Darren Aronofsky, and then you also worked with Taylor Swift. So you've been directed by quite a few uh, different people here. I've got a good lineup. I know. I mean, I think you have, you set a standard for yourself. What was it like and what's the difference between those three entities? Oh, wow. I mean, those three projects were very, very different. Stranger Things is... It's very fast paced. Um, it feels like, it, you know, there's lots of visual effects and everything like that. And this is also our fourth season. So certain parts of it, you know, you kind of feel like you're there's like a certain formula that mm-hmm. we've really mastered and we're sticking to it. Um, and then with All Too Well with Taylor Swift, that was something that I, I it was just kind of thrown together. And she just she reached out to my team and pitched. Wait, she reached out to she yes. pitched you? Yes, I didn't I didn't know her. I was a huge fan, but she reached out to my team and I remember not thinking that it was her. Like I, I really needed to check that like her <laughs> it wasn't someone trying to scam yeah. me or something. Um, but it was her and she pitched me the idea for all too well. And I was like, why me? <laughs> but that was like a four day shoot and I don't think I'd ever done a project that was so like, there. you know, there was no script. You could kind of just do whatever you wanted. So it was like, you know, a four day acting like yeah. workshop or something. You just kind of got to improvise a bit. And then with the whale, that was like so focused. And, and with someone like Darren, every last movement, it's all calculated. Everything's so intentional. And we had three weeks of just rehearsals to kind of, to really nail down these characters and the blocking and um Sam Hunter who was our, the writer um I mean he just these characters are so complex so I was really glad that like we had that time to really just break it all down so yeah and 
three very different projects, but it's been that all happened within the last year. So yeah, it's been <laughs> it's been kind of crazy. So we we have to go back a second because hearing that Taylor Swift just reaches out right. to you, yeah. as, I mean. You're, you're 20 years old, uh-huh. putting me to shame that when I was 20, I, I've done nothing with my life yet. I can, oh, I can tell now <laughs> because that that is crazy. So you get that call. And at that point, it's last year that you get this call mm-hmm. around the time. So what what does that feel like for you? Because you obviously set out to become a, an actor and you are an actor. But then when it starts blending over and crossing over into different entities of art, that Taylor Swift now is like, come, come, come let me, let me get you yeah, in something. I just, I never thought that there would be a world where that would happen for me. Um, and I remember like when she's, when we heard that, you know, Taylor Swift has an idea and she's going to pitch it to you, like be expecting a phone call. I was like, oh, like, it'll just be like a little bit part and like a big ensemble music video. You knew video. you were going to say yes already or by that point. I was like, yeah, of course <laughs> I would do it. But I thought it'd be really tiny. And then I think it was my brother who was like, oh, you know what? Like, what if, like, she's making, like, an all-too-well music video and, like, you're, you're, like, the girl in it? And I was like, Mitchell, shut up. Like, that's not, it's not happening. There's no way. Um, but he was right. And, yeah, she's someone that I was a huge fan of before. But it is interesting when, like, these industries kind of, like, blend into each other. And and I, I think she's, I think she's a really, really good filmmaker and a very smart director. Um, I, it was funny. I was watching, like, behind-the-scenes footage mm-hmm. of, that she sent over to me from when we were making it. And she's just, she gets in his own, like she knows what she wants and, and she's really quick too. Like she doesn't overshoot or anything like that. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to kind of see where she goes next with it. Um, going out to the whale and the whale, uh, by the time people are listening to this and watching this is out in theaters limited and then it's going to open wide. And it's a, a beautiful, harrowing story that that is a difficult watch for for a lot of people and your character in in the film very different from sadie sink that that i've met (laughs) over the over the last few years that is you know she she's she's tough she's not saying you're not tough she's like hardened Mm -hmm. and has a lot of anger that is built and i guess we all have our own uh baggage but how did you find her when you know you were going to set and darren was directing you i mean i think when I read this part in the script for the first time, I I never really thought she was unlikable because I'm just thinking about things from her perspective. And in her mind, all of this anger, this rage that she has, it's completely justified. And it all just comes from like a real place of pain. Her father left her when she was eight years old um, to go start a new life, to to be with his his great love and and left her. And that hurt her. And I think that pain just went had no other outlet than than just anger and and sometimes violence, violent words, violent actions. And it's become kind of this self-destructive coping mechanisms that you really see in each and every one of the characters in this film. Um, but I think the important part for me and to Darren was to really just kind of, you know, approach her with as much empathy as possible. Because I think with a character like this, it is easy for her to, I think, fall into like the angsty teen trope, but she's so much more than that. She's kind of twisted, but also wicked smart and, you know, I think capable of good things, but that's kind of like the big question Mm. at the end of it. 
Like, like is, is she, she good? Is she good? I know. But well, my brother saw it for the first time at the premiere in New York, and he like was really challenging. Mm. He was like, "Your character is pure evil," <laughs> and I was like, "No, she's just she's really hurt. Like, you just got to see it from her perspective." And he's like, "No, she's a dirtbag." <laughs> And I was trying to sell him because I'm very defensive of yeah. her, but it, it, she is very, very trying. Do you, do you get nervous to show your films and TV shows to your family? Is that <laughs> is that more nerve wracking than yeah fans? I, I, maybe a little bit. Yeah, I was definitely kind of nervous for them to see this because with Stranger Things, like they know the character and they are huge fans of the show at this point. Mm. This was the first time I've really done something of this scale that's entirely separate from Stranger Things. Um, so, And they had no idea what to expect or, or what it was really about. Um, they just kind of showed up and watched it, and they were all crying at the end of it. So I took it as a success. <laughs> um, when you when Stranger Things Volume 2 was, was dropping and, you know, we were all waiting very patiently <laughs> to learn uh, many of those questions, how much did your family know? Do you tell them a lot or, do, or, do, or are you just afraid of just being that Tom Holland of Stranger Things no, that leaks things? Yeah. <laughs> I I tell them everything. I honestly let a few of them read the scripts too, which mm. is, I think it's fine. It's mm. not going to go anywhere. And and like, yeah, I, I don't feel bad about that. Um, but no, they're very involved with what's going on in this season because, you know, they're super fans. And yeah. luckily they, you know, have someone who can give them a few hints as to what's going um, to be happening in the next seasons. You'll, you'll let me read the script too, right? Like we're, we're family uh, no, too, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> I think that crosses a no, line. Okay, I can't do that. <laughs> so let me, let me just ask now, get this out of the way nice and early. It's what the people want. What can you tell us about Stranger Things 5 that obviously you know everything about. Right. I know so much about it. Do you get, do you get very nervous when the question comes? Are you just like, okay, I have to remember that I just no, got to plant my feet. Right now it's okay because I genuinely have <laughs> don't know. nothing to spoil. So I'm like, no, I can't tell you anything. Um, But I, I am very excited. I don't know what exactly they plan to do with my character, considering where we left off in season four. Mm -hmm. But I'm anxiously awaiting answers to that. Um, we, we can talk spoilers here for a second. Yeah. So if you were writing an episode, yes. I mean, Netflix, if anyone's listening, okay. we, we can let you pen something. Um, where would you want to see Max go in this next season or not go? Oh, <laughs> uh, I feel like after everything Max went through, you know, if she ever wakes up, then I think she would just flee. I think she's going to get out, get out mm. of Hawkins. She's too smart to stay there. But she's also a very loyal friend. So who knows? It'll be conflicting. But do you hope that you and Caleb end up together in, in the end? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. It's so I mean, they're really cute, aren't they? Yeah. They're, and they're, the little they're... like note exchange. That was really <laughs> sweet. I think we got to see something. There's there's definitely room to grow there. When we thought. Uh, Max was about to go out. Mm -hmm. Which and, time? Uh, which time? Yeah, the when she in the room when Caleb's just like oh his, yeah that one his face is leaking with our faces. <laughs> um, it was it was a heartbreaking scene. Can you recall just like shooting that and just like, was you, were you and Caleb actually in the same room when you were doing that? Yeah, we were. Um, I was levitating yeah, for a bit, and know. then when I come to the ground, <laughs> yeah. I just remember like. I had these contacts in because they were my eyes were supposed to be clouded, and I think my line was like, "I can't see anything," and I genuinely I, I couldn't 
see anything. So I, I really couldn't make out any faces around me. And it was very dark. Um, that's kind of the main thing I remember about that scene. But no, it's it's especially with someone like Caleb, who I've known since I was 14. And he's like family at this point to have like a really sad, like spoiler, like death ish yeah. kind of scene. Um, it's very emotional, but also like really fun. And then we're like laughing and like making fun of each other afterwards. <laughs> um, what, what do you say to some of the fan theories uh, regarding Max that that stranger and stranger things are really afraid to commit to death they're really afraid to commit yeah. to a main character i mean unless you're a beeline character we just know you're out the season right but with the main characters they feel like that stranger things hasn't committed and you were going to be a big commitment i was i almost fell victim <laughs> i i didn't know this until like I read it in an interview, but I think Matt and Ross like were planning to kill me off. And that was in the, like completely kill me off. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of in the original plan for the season, but then they did change it. What I do know is that the, the Duffers are very smart. They're very calculated and they'd only choose to kill a character off if it was good for the plot or, or would come in handy later. And they'd only keep a character if it was going to serve the plot later as well. So everything's very, everything is very calculated. They know what they're doing, but I understand. I think, I, I think if Max did completely die, then it would have had a bigger impact for sure. But I'm personally happy she's still around. Okay, <laughs> good. Looking at going back to the whale now for a moment. You're working with some of the greatest actors in the game: Brendan Fraser, Samantha Morton, mm -hmm. Hong Chow. Uh, was there any intimidation? Any just like being nervous to go toe to toe with some of these? Oh yeah, I was so I was really nervous headed into this, especially just because, I mean, it's it's Darren Aronofsky and it's A twenty four and it's Brendan <laughs> Fraser and it's it just was such a big project and I never done anything like it before, and also the character as well was just very confusing and I just really wanted to get it right. Um, but I think, I think immediately after just kind of doing rehearsals and stuff, it was, it was very focused, very intense. And especially coming from, you know, like a fun TV show, it was, it was really, it was like nice to just have like three weeks of like very intense kind of boot camp like rehearsal. Um, but I think that intimidation kind of like, or that the nerves slowly fizzled away. Um, especially once I just got more comfortable with with everyone I was working with. And there was a lot of trust between all of us, which is so important when you're having to be this vulnerable, this open. Mm -hmm. When, when uh, seeing this, what we're calling it the Renaissance, mm -hmm. this Renaissance take, take over Hollywood, take over the world, beloved figure. Um, I don't I know you have shared that you hadn't seen very many or any of Brendan's movies prior to, which is fine. You're 20. You know, you know, cinematic blind spots exist. <laughs> I hope you get to be dazzled over the Christmas break. I still haven't gotten to be dazzled. That, I did watch one. School Ties, though. Oh, my God. What a one to start with. <laughs> I loved School yeah. Ties. That was the one Darren told me to start with. So I did. Mm. And that was that was wonderful. And then I watched um, George of the Jungle, too, because oh. I hadn't seen yeah. it. Yeah. That's good. So you haven't gotten any mummies yet? No. Oh, all right. Yeah. yeah, we're gonna get there. Yeah, eventually. Yes. Okay. Um, but seeing this person, I don't know how familiar we were with the story. You know, he was big star in the in the nineties and early two thousands. Went away for a while, and now he's re returning. And there's a lot of our 
revered actors that we always get weary uh not weary but nervous for we don't know how long we're gonna have them like you know because sometimes hollywood gets finished you know at whatever moment um you started this industry very young do you ever i mean as thinking of a, in a human sense do you ever get nervous that like this adoration this love that came for you this year especially that it's ever going to like fizzle out and then you're just waiting for like the shoe to drop or are you just trying to focus on the work i guess i just focus on the work and not really pay attention to any of the other noise that comes with it i think that's the only way to just keep moving forward um but yeah it is especially having like these kind of crazy young my teenage years i'm coming of age and and i'm coming of age on on a big tv show it's not there's parts of it that just aren't normal and it is interesting to think like a while ago i was really nervous i was like well what happens when the show ends like what's next who are we without this this show um but what i am so grateful for stranger things for is just like allowing me kind of this platform to like continue to just get other opportunities to work on other projects. Like Darren saw me on Stranger Things and that's how he wanted me for this. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm young. I think I'm just really looking forward to pushing myself as an actor and just taking on new challenges. There's so many different types of genres and roles that I've yet to do. So I'm, I'm just excited to get more experience because I, I love doing this. What's the role that you really want to do that you... That, or a type of role that you would love to do that maybe you didn't think you were ready at one point or you're like, you know, maybe you're not ready for it yet and you would like to do something like that in the future. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I see like Brendan's transformation and stuff. <laughs> like maybe something like a transformation role would be cool, um, but probably later down the line or something. I'm, I'm interested to know like how long I'll still be able to play like a teenager or someone younger and when I can kind of step out of that. Um, but I think are you eager to step out of that. Am, am I ready? Are you, are you eager to, to be like, to be like, I'm done playing a kid. I think so. I think I'm an adult. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> <I'm> you <20. laughs> I still feel like a kid, but like yeah. you always kind of, you want to play roles that just also kind of resonate with where you are in your own life. And, um, I, I won't be a teenager forever. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm looking forward to, to playing a little bit of, yeah, as I step into adulthood, more mature roles. Uh, Kate Bush. Yeah. Very big uh, chart topper again. <laughs> um, I've always wanted to know, can, how much can Sadie sing actually sing? And is there a future live performance of your interpretation <laughs> of running up that of hill? running up that hill? Oh no, that would be so embarrassing. <laughs> I I mean I I do I I can sing. Um, I grew up like doing Broadway, like mm. musical theater. That's that's where it all started. So I I definitely still have that buried very deep. <laughs> <laughs> Did you push it down or I pushed it down? Oh. Yeah. But I don't know. You can get very method about it and bring it back up and let it take you somewhere musically. Yeah, may, I mean, we'll see I, if the right project comes along. Maybe I, I would sing for something, but right now it's just my, my little hidden talent, my little secret. You didn't sing with Taylor at all. And no, set? oh my God, I, no, that's so intimidating. You didn't sing at all. Not even like a, 
Like no, a, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm very nervous with singing, so I don't, yeah, I do don't, I, I don't do like I, to sing a lot. Okay, all right, I can, I'll, I'll, I'll accept that. Eventually, we'll see. Hopefully, we'll work on it. Um, I want to go back uh, to a, a, a particular scene in The Whale that I, wanna, I want you to break down for me, and it's obviously the ending, um, which for I didn't think was really open to interpretation, the movie version, that is, because I think the... I think they say the I've never seen the stage play, and they said it's a lot more concrete. Mm-hmm. But the end of the whale um, seems to be what happens to Charlie in that scene, and where your character goes. Did you have an interpretation that was different than? I'm trying to. I'm walking a line of trying not to spoil the yeah. whale because we can't spoil the whale. Yeah, I mean, I think. Basically, Darren was describing it in a really brilliant way the other day, but Ellie's always like five steps ahead of everyone else in any kind of interaction. She's never really present. She's so much smarter than you. She's so much quicker than you. Mm. And in this last scene, she's kind of finally put into this corner. Charlie has her in a corner and she's forced to kind of let all of her walls down and for the first time in the film, you maybe get glimpses of it in earlier scenes, but really for the first time in the film, you get to see her true self, I think. And she's fully accepted the version of herself that Charlie sees so clearly that is in her. So I do think it's a hopeful message at the end. I think, I think Ellie is capable of changing if, if that's what she wanted. Um, but I guess it kind of is up for interpretation, it, how you interpret this character. Like, do you think Ellie truly is a good person or is Charlie just kind of projecting the best version of his daughter that he wants to see? Is he lying to himself? But Is she in, Sa- in Sadie's brother's words, a dirtbag? Is she a dirtbag? A dirtbag. But that's, that's, what, a, that's a strong, and a I, strong and I felt, and description. I, I felt it like when you yeah. said it too, I was like, oh my God, dirtbag. Dirtbag. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's. That's the thing that like every time I see this movie or, or, or a friend sees it, they bring a different opinion to it about the characters or hidden meanings. And that's why it's a fun, a fun one to watch. Well, not fun, like very emotional, but an, an interesting, an interesting film to watch because you can interpret it in, in so many different ways. And it just it gets you talking. We are going to bring the TikTok trend of teenage dirtbag yeah. uh, going. <laughs> the uh, ultimate teenage dirtbag. Exactly. Yeah. Um so I have a question regarding everything that happens in the whale is 99% in one location in, in the apartment. Cause I'm, I'm including the porch as a, that 1%, yeah, but yeah. Know, it's still the, mm-hmm. did you film anything outside? Was there any other scenes that were filmed outside of the house that didn't make it in the final cut that were tried? No, there was nothing. We stayed, we stayed in that apartment. Um, there was one like little, shots on the beach which i think are in the teaser trailer um which that's my little sister actually no way yeah that's my little sister it was added like a year after we wrapped and darren was like your little sister looks like you right and i'm like yeah she does and, and he wanted to use her as like the young me in a flashback or first something. rule of hollywood you say yes to everything yeah i was like yes she, she will be there so we i took my sister to the beach and and we did that scene how many of you are there by the way are oh they... there's so many there's there's five of us in total Three older brothers, little sister. Three boys older, and then two the two little girls. Yeah, oh my god. Yeah, but um, back to, yeah, back to the apartment. I think it could have been so easy when taking it from a play to the screen to just add scenes and expand the world and go beyond the apartment. But we 
kept it there. Darren and Sam kept it in the apartment. And I think that's so important because it's such a huge part of who Charlie is. Um, that's his, that's his entire world. Um, and it was really fun kind of blocking every scene out because we had to get creative with what space we were using. So it didn't look repetitive. Um, and I think for Ellie, the apartment is is like her playground, and it was really fun just figuring out different bits and pieces. Like the, I love the one scene that she has with Thomas, where she's never met this kid, and she's welcoming her, him into the apartment that she does not own, and is making him a drink while also insulting his entire religion <laughs> and everything that he believes yep. in. Um, so it was it was really fun to kind of get creative with stuff like that. Um, but it also holds a lot of darkness for her as well because it's ultimately that's the life that he left her for. All right, I have two last uh, bits for you. Uh, it's not invisible right now that you are sitting with Variety, mm -hmm. with the awards editor at Variety. Yes. And uh, Clayton Davis was so hopeful that you were going to get an Emmy nomination <laughs> for Stranger Things. And now we've arrived at Oscar time where you're in the discussion for a supporting actress nomination, whether it happens or not. I, we all think and dream of that moment. We've all given the speech in the shower <laughs> of like what we would say with the shampoo bottle. What does recognition like that major recognition like that? Cause we also know a Tony could be coming down your way for a musical. which We'll, 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 we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, but what, what does this recognition mean? You don't seek out to do it, but, it feels good. Yeah, I'm, yeah, for sure. I think I just never really thought that I would ever be in this discussion, really. And especially with the whole Stranger Things thing, I was really shocked when that specific episode, episode four, like in the Kate Bush song, I was really shocked that it was blowing up in the way that it was. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a huge compliment, I guess. And I, I'm very unfamiliar with this side of the industry, so I'm kind of just rolling with the punches. Yeah. And it's but, a dark, it's a dark side. It's a yeah, weird side. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, and then uh, the last bit is always something I, I always think is important because a lot of younger children look up to you and even older people. Like I'm, I'm so impressed by you. I'm so impressed by what you're, what you're Thank doing. You. And it's always curious. I'm always curious to know what makes you tick cinematically because you know, what does, what what is the movie that brought Sadie Sink to Hollywood? What is your favorite movie? What is that thing that that did it for you? Oh, I think when I was younger, I like strictly only watched movie musicals because I was very much in the musical theater world. Still, we're coming back to this musical. I thing. know it's all it all goes back to that, but that's how it all began. So it's just it's always going to lead to that okay. road. Um, but the Sound of Music was like my favorite thing ever. And I, I think it still is. Um, and I mean, beyond that, <sighs> I, I mean, I think that's that's number one. That's kind of the, I first saw that and I was like, oh, I want to do that. I want to be a Von Trapp kid or whatever. And then since then, as I've grown up and kind of like, you know, moved, not moved on from musical theater, but, you know, ventured into to other paths. Yeah. Um, there's just more performances that I'm inspired by, more careers that I'm inspired by. Kate Blanchett, I think it's like my ultimate like idol. Mm -hmm. Um, like her role choices, everything. I like really study her career. CD Sinks Tar might be pretty 
pretty amazing. Oh, well, <laughs> I am so excited to see that. That's like my most okay. anticipated yeah. film. Some good stuff. Um, does Sadie have a yearning question feeling to get into superhero land at all? You know, I feel like everyone asks that. Yeah. But, but. I, I, I mean, I guess like that would be fun. I never really pictured myself as, as a superhero, but if the right superhero comes along, then maybe so. And that's Sadie Sink, star of The Whale, currently in theaters, and Stranger Things is streaming on Netflix. Continuing our whale-themed episode, I talked to Sadie Sink's co-star Hong Chow about her journey as an actor over the past 15 years. With roles in Alexander Payne's Downsizing in 2014 and the landmark series Watchmen and Homecoming, she became a star to watch over the past decade. Now, with three roles in 2022, including Kelly Reichert's Showing Up, Mark Mylod's The Menu, and Darren Aronofsky's Drama, she's hitting her stride and landing the types of roles she actively seeks. It took me about 10 years before downsizing came my way, and that completely changed my life, that movie. I feel like I had, so I, I spoke to Ki Kwan, um, I think a, maybe two weeks ago when, when, I was, <laughs> when I was here for the governor's awards and he happened to be sitting at a table having breakfast um, across from me. So I never say hi to anybody, but I went up to him and um, we, we spoke for, for a while and he's so sweet. And I look at him and, and, and his trajectory, he started out as a young actor being in these really big franchise movies. And I think that there was a certain expectation that there would be more as he continued yeah. to, to grow. And, and it wasn't there for him. And he, he stepped away for, for many, many years and, and was inspired by just seeing more Asians being um, presented opportunities. Yeah. Opportunities. He, he and sat thought, right there and he talked about it was crazy rich Asians that did it for him that he that he was like he had FOMO. He was like, <laughs> oh my god, like I want to be part of this. Yeah, but in some ways, I feel like my my expectations were a little bit different. Where I always loved, um, I guess, like s smaller art house films that were mm -hmm. just kind of weird, and I they weren't mainstream. And so my predicament was like, how do I get to work on those? Because it seems like the people who 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 make them i i don't know it, it seems like such a um a non-standard route to 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 those movies i i knew like for a typical mainstream movie you you go in you get an audition and, and you just book it but it just seemed like different with with what i wanted to do and there wasn't uh necessarily a, a role model or somebody to to follow um when i was younger of course lucy Liu was there mm -hmm. and um and even when i even before that i i felt like there were people i, I loved pat marita i loved tamlin tomita i thought like they were great and amazing and, and they were probably of that same generation as as key and and the roles weren't there for them. And it's really, it's it's such a bummer to think that we could have had all of these um, wonderful movies all of those, all of those years ago. And, and I don't know if it's because um, American audiences have started to embrace uh, international films more and, and seeing the 
the quality and uh, artistry in in a lot of the films that are coming out of Korea or yeah. or China and and suddenly thinking like oh we've 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 overlooked something and and I'm glad that that's happening it took a while to 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 happen um and for me I I think that how I've been getting work is is not necessarily um through the mandate, the cultural mandate of, of, of having more representation, I feel like I've just been keeping my blinders on and just trying to do the work. And every role that I've gotten has been from a director or a writer seeing me in something mm -hmm. prior. Uh, like, I think I got homecoming. That was that was the the first thing I did after um, downsizing, and that was because Sam Esmail and and the writers saw me in downsizing. It, it's crazy that they thought of me for that role based on based on my character like, in downsizing. Okay. But but you know, I, it just it just um, gave me such a sense of uh, relief that that they could see. Okay, that was an actor who was making choices and. Um, and let's give her something else to to sink her teeth into. And, and same thing with Watchmen. Uh, Damon Lindelof saw me in an episode of Forever. And um, with the movie that I just wrapped now in New Orleans with Yorgos Lanthimos, he saw me in Kelly Reichardt's showing up. By the way, <laughs> when we heard the Yorgos Lanthimos <laughs> casting with Hong Chao, I was like, I didn't, I didn't think about that ever. <laughs> I didn't, never thought about that pairing. But oh my God, thank you for it. We did nothing to deserve it. But I'm so excited. That you're going to be working with him because that is going to be epic proportions. Like he's my jam, you're my jam, so my two jams are coming together. Aww. And that's and that's and mm -hmm. yes, and, and Andy. <laughs> that's going to be fun to oh, write. Oh. And then speaking of driveways, Kelly Reichardt saw driveways, and that's how I came on board uh, showing up. So it's really been a very organic. Uh, process for me just doing the work and having the right people see it and responding to it so let's talk about you and the whale for for a moment because you're there opposite uh actually you're sitting with me now cd sink was here earlier yeah uh, a little troublemaker a little troublemaker <laughs> um she was here and then uh you're also with brendan frazier mm -hmm. in what we're calling the renaissance the right Brennesance. now it, it feels good to just say um I feel this uh, interesting correlation of he's such a an example to say to people who perceive Hollywood as like glamour, everything is great. Like once you're a movie star, you're a movie star forever. And you know he went away for a while, and he was in some of the biggest movies of the '90s and, and 2000s. And seeing him make this comeback, and that's been like the story. Uh, many one of the many stories of the season. It can happen to anybody in the acting game. Like you're on top, but mm -hmm. then it, you're not promised. Uh, there, there's a, a saying I used to work in sales, and the old sales manager used to say, "I used to be like, you know, I did this, this, and this. Like I have these great numbers." And it was always the same. What have you done for me lately? Not, not what you did before. Right. What have you done for me today? Right. Does have has that beer? of like of like i don't say losing it all but you know you got that down you had downsizing that was a big moment for you yeah and it's taken us five years to get another hong chow like moment like you know for people to notice well i mean i think covid ate up <laughs> a couple of those years mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> so, so Wait, let's, let's, let's not forget about that yeah. um 
I I try not to be careerist when I'm I'm mm. looking at at work. I I'm at a different place now. I haven't done a ton. The Whale is only the fifth movie I've done, and it, that's kind of crazy to think about. But I guess because in the I can, wait, l- wait, you said it didn't pro like five five movies in, mm-hmm. and that's and you're. Okay. I mean, Downsizing was only my second movie. Inherent Vice was my first. I, I feel like I, even though it took a really long time. high to... standards on directors, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so you only work with auteurs and, and the, the top of the top. All right. I get it. That's good. Even though it took me 10 years to, to get started, um, the people that I've gotten to work with are truly the, the best and um, most admired of filmmakers and I just uh, I I think I'm at a different place where I I don't know if it's because I've gotten to work with the filmmakers and and the amazing actors and artists who uh, collaborate with them but they all have the attitude of um putting the experience and putting the process and putting the work first and not thinking about the end result and the career and um, accolades and, and all of that. So that's just where my head is at now. I've, I've adopted that and it makes me feel so much better and so much more relaxed where I'm not like white knuckling things mm. and, and thinking I have to get this uh, audition. I have to knock it out of the park. I have to get that scene. I have to do a perfect take. It, there's none of that. It's really just about um, being there and enjoying uh, the artists that I'm working with. I, I, I just, love how different each director I've gotten to work with is both both as human beings and also in just their practical day-to-day approach to to films to filmmaking thank you for that um when you look at again what you do in the whale and it's I'm gonna keep on being baffled that this is your fifth movie (laughs) um you're acting opposite uh Brendan uh a lot of prosthetics that obviously are very pronounced in in the movie and i've seen the movie now three times which is very it was just not a normal thing for me during a season to see a movie that many times but i've seen it with two audiences and i um i'm always like especially the second time i start looking around at certain parts i'm like who's crying like who who who's who's getting emotional um but brennan still he still peeks out like he he it's a, such a soulful performance and what you he can't achieve what he achieves without you and vice versa. You two have such an exchange. Um, was that difficult at all to, cause you know, Brendan standing up, walking around and then you see him lost in a lot of, uh, cinematic magic. We'll call it mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the mm-hmm. makeup. Was that difficult at all? Uh, my heart did break a little bit. Uh, when, I saw Brendan on set for the first time, and it wasn't because of the prosthetic suit. It was a light had changed in his eyes, and um, there was all of this history. And I just, I just wanted to hug him the moment I saw him. And people will talk about 
you know, the the surface and, and uh, the, the visuals and all of that, but it was really the internal transformation that Brendan Fraser went through that I found really miraculous and inspiring to, to witness. What was the hardest thing to shoot for you? Uh, hardest scene to, to convey? Um, I think... I think they're all big scenes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, know? you know, that light, uh, <laughs> one, that, that light scene that comes somewhere in there? For, for all of the characters, really. Um, they did not... Uh, By the way, Hong Chao telling someone to sit down. Ty, like, you tell him Ty to sit or to, <laughs> like what? Like, you had motherhood already, like, to the T. <laughs> I listened to you when you tell me to do something. But go ahead. <laughs> um, I... I guess it was that that scene where um, Charlie nearly dies uh, in in front of her, and um, that was a difficult scene in terms of just the choreography of it all. Uh, we had a movement coach who worked mainly with Brendan, but helped me a lot with that scene in in order to to get it, um, I guess, accurate. And and then I I had a I had a, a whole discussion with Darren because I, I did something in that scene that kind of alarmed him and he was like completely taken aback by it. And he was like, Ooh, I don't know if that's, that's where you want to go with that hung. And, you know, I, I explained my case and I'm, I'm so happy that he left it in the movie. That's the take that he used for, for that, for that scene. Which, what, what, is it what you say or what you do? What the, I do okay. physically. Yeah. And we're all going to try yeah. to, like, not be spoiler <laughs> here. That's the whale star, Hong Chow. And that's it for this edition of the Variety Award Circuit Podcast. Drew Griffith edited this episode, and Michael Schneider is the producer. Be sure to subscribe to the Award Circuit Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you download podcasts. Also, Head on over to Variety.com and click on the Award Circuit tab to find the latest awards predictions and key races, as well as your daily fix of news, analysis, and reviews. For Jazz Tanke, Janelle Riley, and Michael Schneider, I'm Clayton Davis. We'll see you on the circuit. <laughs>